You are now tuned into Basic Concepts. My name is <sighs> Okay This is another Purple World exclusive Today is special It's not special What is special? Who gives a fuck? I'm, I'm here to talk to you about something that's important to me because everything's important to me in this podcast. It's about what we're doing here, right here. Uh, recently, I recorded an episode with a friend of mine. Uh, I interviewed him. There is uh, a photographer the photographer for Nipsey Hussle, while not the photographer for Nipsey Hussle, there was a photographer that did a photo shoot of Nipsey Hussle. And the photograph or photographs, the pictures that he took or the images that he made were the most used and circulated and copied photos after the incident. I'm gonna put power into this phone because this battery's gonna run dead. Um, he took the photos. They're great photos. And, uh, you know, after the Nipsey Hussle tragedy, he got a lot of traffic. A lot of people viewed it, reposted it, saw it. People that knew that he did it showed him. People that didn't, didn't make a difference anyways. Um, but... I interviewed him because his, his experience is very unique in, in the fact that he is also Eritrean, like Nipsey Hussle, and, you know, what, it's like, be careful what you wish for, kind of, you know, getting popular kind of stuff with this, with this situation. Um, but I interviewed him, and the thing about it is we scheduled the interview after I was editing the episode that was supposed to be episode 48 and I'm editing 49 and I have his or whatever it is you know whatever whatever was supposed to be in this episode spot I was I was editing that and then I had recorded his so then I was backed up two podcast episodes and the reason why I hesitate so much is because I, part of me detests editing footage of myself talking. That shit's not funny. I mean, to me, I know it's funny and I know what it is I'm doing, right? But watching yourself do that shit is not fun. It's just not fun. For the first couple ones, it's fine. But, like, I challenge you to, like, interview yourself like you would interview someone else. And then edit that footage, like record it and, and answer those questions and then edit that footage and make something cool about yourself. Make yourself look interesting. The shit's tough to do. Um, and as they got backed up, I'm thinking to myself, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, what? who is this for? You know, you know, that episode was very thick with the photographer. And I was like, the episode before it was very lighthearted. And almost like, not a waste of time, but it was almost pure entertainment. And I realized that my role is an entertainment role. It's an educator role. It's an, it's an innovator role. Jesus Christ. It's a babysitter role. Uh, and what? What do you want? Everybody wants something. What would you like right now? 
It's not breakfast time. It's breakfast time is in literally four to five hours. What do you want to do instead? Can I offer you something instead? Nothing? There's nothing you could possibly do instead? You want to think about it? Do you want to go inside the closet? He's about to piss me off. So I'm recording all of these episodes and I'm editing them as I'm recording new ones. And the intention is to get it to one episode a week so you have something to look forward to. And the problem with that is you don't pay me to do this. <clears throat> I don't do this for money. And, I don't, and when I say I don't do this for money, I mean I don't do this. I don't do this to like to make money. Like I don't I don't do this to I don't do this so that I can get paid. I do need to make a living, however, and I am doing actions to lead to me getting paid in the long run and and getting uh uh they say holding out for a bigger check. I'm I'm setting up something that will be able to sustain me if I do it correctly. And part of that requires you. And the reason why I bring this up is because as I was editing those episodes, I, I had to remember why I was doing it or who I was doing it for. I'm always thinking about my audience and I could just be like, fuck it, do it for yourself. That shit's not healthy. And I'll tell you why. This, this is a conversation. This is a dialogue that we're having. This is something. This is a discussion around ideas. I mean, it's a monologue. Yes, in a sense, because I'm talking, but I'm engaging ideas that aren't foreign. So the issue is, it's not that you don't deserve it, it's that I need to make fucking money. So if I'm spending my hours editing footage, it takes away from the potential money I could be making for doing something physically, like trading your hours for money kind of stuff. And this is not a situation of like, oh, you should figure out how to do that or whatever. No, I'm doing this because this is, inter because this is the thing that it's going to be. Every step I take is to help feed the empire, the ninja empire. And the scary part about that is you have to have a cult. You have to have followers and not like subjects, but you have to have people that are interested in your movement. And I know you are because you're watching this and you've made it fucking this far. I mean, it's fucking seven minutes in or however long this video, you know, you made it this far is what all I'm saying. And this now is a call to action. We are in a crazy world. All I'm offering is sanity and truth. My truth, of course, but everyone's truth is their truth. I'm offering sanity and truth via music, via discussion, via art and ideas. I love the podcast and the discussion aspect. It's a little bit more um, raw, rugged than the music per se. I've always wanted my music to have that effect very visceral effect and I don't mean visceral and like negative I just mean to get you to think my biggest thing is I don't want to change people I am just I'm like why am I going to make a persuasive argument if you're not if, if I'm not going to try like you're it's an ineffective persuasive argument if you didn't change that person's opinion you didn't persuade them and the issue with some of these things is you have to lead by example this is not one of those things where you know you can say what the right thing is and then and then everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, let's listen to what he says. No, they want to see you. They want to test you. They want to check you out. They want to see you over time. They want to learn. They want to build a relationship and experience with you. And I get that. I need to keep the fucking pipes oiled. I need to keep the motherfucking engine running. So before we go any further, before I edit any more videos, before I upload anything else, before you see anything else. I implore you to go down and check out my Patreon because that's the only place that I feel comfortable accepting donations. And you can tap in as a, as a bystander, as an onlooker. Five bucks a month, you can just watch. You don't got to talk. You don't got to do nothing. I'm not forcing nothing. Just show your support. That shit goes a long way. And I'll tell you why. Money. That's it. 
There's, I'm not gonna turn this camera around this room. But if you listen, there's a lot of vibrations coming off the wall. I wanna minimize, minimize that. It's not like you care, because it makes a difference to the audio. You've made it up to this point. But I wanna minimize the shitty sound. I want to maximize the quality of the things that I bring to you. I wanna maximize the quality of the podcast in general so I can increase the quality of the people that I interview and increase the quality of the discussions. Um, not to say it's shitty, it's just, it only gets better when we get better together. And yes, this is a cult. It doesn't really look like much of a cult, but it's a cult. I don't have a name for the cult because I'm just a man, but I'm also a ninja. And I understand the importance of having a mob or having a posse or having a, a crew or having a movement, uh, and no matter how underground or public. So, so if you want to join the Perfect Ninjas, which takes an incredible amount of mental fortitude, you can just click on the link below and tap in if you uh if you donate more than the five you can get all types of wonderful treats um and they mainly just have to do with access to information before other people get it so maybe you'll get a podcast early or an album early or like releases and content i do that i do earlier maybe exclusive stuff maybe you'll have access to the, the to the drops that i do i don't always update everything for everybody um and and the followers or the people give it purpose so if you don't donate and if nobody and i'm going to be honest with you as of the court in this episode no one has tapped in people donate people buy albums and stuff no one has tapped into the patreon yet no one's brave enough because the patreon levels used to be really scary all that stuff has changed it's very simple i made it simple because i need your support this show is possible by viewers like you now, as the collection plate is being passed around, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter what my goals and dreams are. It really doesn't. Because I may not even get them in, in this life. You work towards them and you work as hard as you can towards them. And, you know, sometimes you don't hit them. And that's the important thing to take into account when dealing with dreams and goals and aspirations. And I think that that's not a negative Nancy Debbie Downer point of view. It's just realistic. I'm not saying everybody won't get their goals, but I'm just saying some things are a matter of skill and luck and chance and timing. So you got to get a whole bunch of things right at once. And I've tried tons of times with the music industry per se. And when you're involved in an industry, you're just in the industry. And I think with the music industry, people who are not inside the music industry look at you inside the industry and think well has he made it or not or has she made it or not have they done certain things or not based upon what they know about the industry or who they know and not to say that that's um ill-informed and dangerous but it's toxic because that can force a pressure upon an artist to be something or do something that they're not or they don't want to be or they're not going to be or, or that will take advantage of them like record labels and record deals take advantage of people sometimes but there are certain people that are like, oh, well, he doesn't have a record deal. So who are you really trying to like, you know, like even when I like talk to my father, for example, and he says, like, you must not want to be like or he'll tell me about successful artists like any successful artist. Stop. Any successful artist has because it usually has to do with like the type of music they're making or what type of person or blah, 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 blah. And like, yo, you don't know what they think is success. Your version of success is way different. And if you think that the only successful people are the people that are on the top 10 charts, it's like, well, you, we got to redo the we got to redo the scenario and the situation and the whole environment and that's where the changing people thing is scary i don't want to change people i just want to offer them a perspective and offer you a perspective that's a little different and i can't do that by myself and i have to know that you're here with me if you're here with me you give me purpose you give me a reason to wake up you give me a reason to do this weekly you give me a reason to to, to be here every time for you and I want to do that. And I want to move this away from YouTube and into our own little private cove in the Internet where we're all fucking tripping and, and exchanging ideas and, and passing off music and information and, and data and vibrations. It's it's a fun world. It's like digital digital ninja technology bullshit. A space alien fucking chop your head off and leave your spinal cord frozen shit. And that's scary for some people. But if you got the mental fortitude, click around and show me your support. Click somewhere and show me your support. Show me your soul. Uh, I mean, yo, I've seen things come and go in this industry, and I've seen things change in this industry, and I've always 
took from my father to just do it yourself. I've worked a lot with people and I've worked together with a lot of people because I found that work collaboration is dope and collaboration helps the product and the movement of just what you're doing. But I will say for the longest time I was doing shit on my own and I'm not the only person that was doing that, but it's like sometimes you have to ask yourself or I have to ask myself good or bad was that good or bad you know dude, dude I you know I I start to sound reminiscent because I don't do it now but I used to get in my fucking Corolla and I used to drive like you don't even know I used to drive to other cities to play shows because people wanted to see me play shows shouts to Mount K I met so many people on the road just like playing shows in other cities western New York is a big college town um, it's a lot of colleges all around there so driving this to cities for hours at a time and a couple hours at a time isn't a huge deal but distance ain't no thing i drove to texas too you know it's all part of the fucking game i remember i drove one time with my homie eric and yo now here's the thing this is before instagram like you have to think about i'm not that old right i'm 29 before instagram was about 10 years ago maybe i don't fucking know but i'm just gonna let you know in 2009 or 10 or in 11 there was no like oh just re- record it and put it post it up or re- put that on your story or anything like that there was no there was instant access via some channels but we mainly use facebook so recording video for your dj set or getting footage for your content all that that was like unheard of and i was doing it not being ahead of the curve i thought that I was going to make these big, great music videos and put all this stuff together and use them. But eventually you realize that, like, footage of college life is kind of sad. And it's not... It's exciting, but it's, like, it's actually... It's actually just messy. Um, There are some shots that work that are, like, amazing, but it's not a movie, you know? It may feel like a movie, but it's not... It's it's real. It's just guttural. and, And you can't... Like, people don't like to relay that to their fans and their audiences that this shit is guttural. They just prefer to have mental breakdowns and mental illness issues when they're like, can't take it anymore. Because the whole time they're pretending that everything was dope and everything was great and everything, you know, you're only posting the positive things that happen. And like, that's a social media thing. Like, before that, I just had mad footage and I had to put something up and and, and make a video or something. And it wasn't anything that I made, recorded, like music wise. That was that made sense to attach to all that like footage. It's like documentarian footage, and it's really not exciting. It's just me. It's just a lot of driving, a lot of car dancing, a lot of fucking smoking, and a lot of like borderline mischievous behavior. Like, yo, we had a <laughs> we had a shot on there. Speaking of speaking of mischievous behavior, we had a shot on in the in one of the videos that I shot for when I went to like Binghamtronica. Um. Where, like, my my homie's, like, recording. We were rolling up a joint or something. He recorded, like, the weed, you know, as he turns. And, you know, we're, like... Because we could smoke in the, in the basement there. And it really wasn't that much weed. It was literally, like, a... Like, a... Like, a... A peon amount of weed. And I say peon because it's just... You know... If you ever look at a fucking Wiz Khalifa video... Or anybody in between... Sometimes they're just carrying bags of weed. And I don't think that that's necessary. But in this video... The, the choice for, for the shot was to get the weed that we were rolling. And it was such a little peon amount. And I look back at the footage and I'm like, man, we're corny. Like, we're just fucking lame. And, like, that's, it's not, it is, but it's not lame. It's not because we did that shit and I did that shit and I played, like, a fucking four-hour set and it was dope and, you know, just that kind of shit. But it was lame because we're not cool because of us smoking weed. And I, I would say I thought that, but it was just a different place and time. So, I say that to say what? Your brand has to make sense. People have to want to be gravitated towards it. And I never was this, I used to aim for being a sex icon and I used to aim for, for being like 
this sexy thing in an unsexy world in the electronic world it's not sexy it it some of it is sexy but it's really messy and i and my goal which seems rapey now but back in the day it was dope i wanted to create a space and an environment where girls females could dance and feel comfortable and they don't have to they could be sexually open and and free and and embrace themselves and dudes aren't fucking hawking them now i can't stop dudes from hawking them but i do know in the communities that i built i was big on women representation dude yo i'm gonna be honest with you i was so big on on representation that i i tried to pitch a company to the to the to the housing area that i lived in um i tried to pitch a company that would basically have chaperones at the party, but not adult chaperones. Like we were technically adults, but we're kids, you know, but have sober kid chaperones to keep an eye on anybody that's dangerous. And that was a stupid idea, but it could lead to things. They're like hall monitors for parties. And the and the and the the thing was called Project Boogie Jam and and I fucking I did a, a letter. I made up a letter of intent and like all this stuff. I tried to like really pitch it because my parties were getting shut down on campus and at the end of the day people want to feel good so like is this a story about how my parties got shut down no this is i just did what i did the reason why i did my own parties is because i had my own gear and i had my own like nobody was had technique turntables and and fucking had their own gear and doing their own parties if you didn't have your own gear you played a fucking youtube playlist and it was a time where people did that people still do that but I brought that next level of entertainment. I mean, bless my father. He, he was like made sure that I didn't want for anything. So I went to college one of the years with this turntable stuff. And, you know, it just changed the way parties ha were, were done. People started getting DJs after that. My DJ parties were the best, of course. And who knows what it is now, years later. But I wasn't the first, maybe, I think. I mean, at, R at RIT, I was one of the first to play on campus turntables shit if i wasn't the first probably the first jet and they had the turntables for i'm not talking about like paid performance like sanctioned shit i'm talking about house party underground shit the sexy shit the packed house stuff there's no footage of that i have some footage of that but i only started doing footage towards the end of my college career when i realized that footage was going to be a thing that was going to help and again getting footage of college kids ain't the fucking coolest shit i mean it is when you're watching when you're in hollywood but you know i have footage there's a this footage i have of this guy holding up a fucking boxed wine bag over his homie's head he's holding the boxed wine bag and i'm like that's a cool shot and i was a photographer at the time so i did the yo i had three four photographers doing video up for one party at a given time and I recorded this guy, or somebody recorded this guy doing the box one. I think one of my videographers did. And I look back at the footage, and you just see the kid holding the bag, and he's just like, he's holding over, and he looks at the camera, and he's like. And the thing is, that, that, that face, that like, that's exactly what the sentiment was at the time. There was no Instagram, there was no phone kind of thing. The only photos that you saw were photos from people's cameras, like cameras. And uh, I mean, especially hanging out in the, in the photography world. So that like, if he wasn't pumped, he wasn't like, yeah, bro, fucking college rules and all this shit. It wasn't like that. And I thought it was going to be like that. And it was, you know, I thought the pajama party, it looks cool and all this stuff. It makes me look cool. But it didn't. I just kept the footage and, you know, like it was too real. It was too like it was too close. It was too close to home. You know what I mean? It's like if you start showing footage of people's sh shit, they're not going to enjoy the video because they're in it. You're like it's like weird. It's very weird, especially when it comes to partying. People go to parties to release. So I'm derailing this whole conversation to bring it back and say any effort I made after that was still stuck to the sentiment and the attachment that I, I benefited not from going to parties but from watching DJs and seeing performers and events and, and I was touched by music. There's an experience to be had there and I wanted to continue offering that in a world where people were going crazy. So that's why I created the Purple World. This is another Purple World exclusive. 
And if you follow what I truly believe about the purple world, it, it'll, it will fuck you up. It's almost like Scientology, which is why I was always so attracted to Scientology as an idea. And I always joked if I made enough money, I would want to join Scientology. Partly because I would get to meet Tom Cruise if I had enough money. But just mainly because I thought it was cute, the idea. So me, so I'm, so this is, it's about to get weird. Brooklyn. I believe when I was born, (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) that I was attached to, I believe when I was born, I was attached to by a spirit. We all have, um, spirits around us and things that we can't see and I believe that was attached to by a spirit that helps me function in this world and helps me do things in this life cycle and I've kind of got the feeling that this spirit's story comes from a planet that's identical to ours just in, and there's just some very different changes as far as how they run the world and how the things are manifested but it's like an alternate reality it's one of the possible realities and that spirit person I come to known as the con artist, a supernatural con artist. And that's where I get my influence and inspiration to produce and create vibrations. That dude or that spirit was a an engineer of audio, sound, technology, weaponry. So over there, they don't use fire. Our world is a fire world. We rely on fire, coal, heat, combustion to, to make things run. Over there, it's sound and audio and vibrations. And they found a way to create audio vibration weapons and he was the top engineer because he created vibrations and algorithms and sounds and frequencies that were basically killed him softly you know he would play it out the music out on the battlefield or in war and all of his soldiers would feel uh, elucidated they wouldn't feel any pain it was similar to odin and how he ran his stuff um in the in the mythology but he also created weaponry that would that Create, it was almost like humane killing for the enemy. And he didn't like that. There is no such thing as humane killing. It doesn't fucking happen. Like, it just isn't, it doesn't exist. People talk about humane food and slaughter. Like, we made the field more humane for these animals so that we can kill them later. If you don't think that that is like saying humane slavery, then you're an idiot. Indentured servitude is, is, is humane slavery. And nobody wants that. So, oh, did Naeem just compare slavery to meat animals and 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 eating like cows and chickens yes because you have enslaved and encaptured an entire race that you think is sub you and below you because you think that they can't fucking feel feelings enough for you to care about not killing them and eat them for your fucking egg sandwich for your fucking cheeseburger or you're fucking like and then you're like well the milking doesn't harm anybody because we're just sucking the teat but I'm not I already we went through this already don't be stupid so in an in an oppressive world there are many people that lie about their oppressiveness in their head and they convince themselves that it's not I also lost my train of thought and because of the fucking the animals they get me all wired up <laughs> I mean I guess it's gone then if, if you didn't get what I was trying to say then it's over so I'm trying to create a world of sanity I think I was like telling my story or whatever as far as like the college was concerned and all that stuff but it doesn't really matter does it you know things change and mad things rearrange like Yo, I've seen not almost everything, but I've seen some things that would make a a normal person who isn't into music, per se, get discouraged. I've seen some things like I've just seen some things and I've been through things and I've made mistakes like, yo, it, it happens. And that's why I know I'm a musician and I'm an artist and I'm into this because I'm not doing this for for to to like make one person happy and if they're not happy i've failed i'm doing this because i'm just being me i've always been me and people find there's a benefit in what it is that i have to offer because people have spoken up and said so so i the only thing i can do is just be me continuing from here on out 
it's just nowadays you can make some money doing that and that's what i'm trying to do and that's hard and once you say that then you change the premise of the game and that is what we're talking about here um the movement the motion the change from a hobbyist someone that loves what they're doing and wanting to you know create a good space for people and in, in the environment and, and women and girls and equality and stuff and then at the same time a big portion of it is leisure and play and 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 kind of the exhaust so I don't know <clears throat> even in school I was the one that always made the things that I do look like a fucking party but it's not it's not a party it's not always a party it's not you know it's not that's why people love it so much because the more it looks like a party the more they're like I wonder what it's really like if you ever watch fucking Cardi B and her husband's video I they do anything for clout or clout or whatever she's basically shaking her ass like giving him a lap dance and they're in this crazy looking room that's like bright yellow or whatever and they're just like they'll do anything for clout 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 but you don't hear the they'll do you just hear do anything for clout they do anything for clout they do anything for clout and then the whole time she's just like shaking her ass on his lap and like they're looking at the camera and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> if you guys are not doing that for clout, what are you doing that for? <sighs> and I've always tried to make what I'm doing look like a party in school. I've never made the things that I do like I would graduate and you would never thought that I did any work. It's just what I do. I don't like to make things look like work. I hate I hate not work per se because i grind i just hate like oh no man i gotta study oh no man i gotta work oh no man i gotta and that comes from the fact that my father worked so hard and he worked super hard and it took away from my experience with him he just spent a lot of time at work overtime he provided so i didn't have to want but then he missed out on family so is broke families better no are people who work less better no i'm not saying there's something better i'm just saying this is just the scar that i came out with from it so I don't like things to look like work because, you know, you can you can make people feel kind of boxed out. And I want people to feel not not boxed out, but you can make them like people can get so down on what they're doing. And we're doing we're all just doing the same shit. We're all just like doing things, things for money, things. You just do things. So I try to make the things I do look easy or look cool, or look fun so that people can be like, oh, maybe I will want to do something like that and make it viable. Part of that requires you. This is, you're the audience. So if you're listening, show some support because it gives me purpose to go back and create more of the environment and the situation. So I'm trying to get out what I'm trying to get out. You're going to have to bear with me for being all over the place. So back when I was like doing those things, I've seen things that would usually discourage someone. And those just made me stronger. And not like it happened and you're like, oh, you know, well, I'm stronger and I go on. No, sometimes that shit breaks you and changes you. Like, yo, I had at one point a homie. I would call him a homie. We had a couple of heart to hearts. We've hung out. Um, the thing is, this homie, he also had social clout that I did. This was b back when I was in college. He had social clout. I had some social clout. And it wasn't much Instagram or, 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 or that kind of stuff. So it wasn't like there was we were like connected online. It wasn't. I mean, Facebook was a thing. But, you know, it's like that was it was just a different world, man. I'm telling you, it was different. It was just different. All these kids on, on social media now, like doing their thing, creating brands and being social media stuff like they didn't even have that when I was in college. And I'm not that old. That's the thing. Like, so I would uh, I would do big shows on campus. And then this kid would basically book me for the after party. And he would and, and the payment was just the clout, the people, you know, he, he brought out like the ladies came out, like then the dudes came out. They always had drinks. He, he kind of kept it. Um, he kept it 
the word's not clean. It's it's in order. You know, they didn't get. You know, if they got busted by the cops, somebody dealt with it. They were bros. They lived upstairs in the in the complex that we had. So you had to walk up a long flight of steps to get up there. So anybody who had to answer the door, answer the door. <clears throat> it was one person going down. So it was easier to deal with the cops. They couldn't see so easily. I did a few shows for this dude. Like, and then even after the after party, like I would be on this cat's couch with his homies would be smoking bongs passing them around like listening to my music that he purchased and i just remember <clears throat> at the time um i wasn't single but i wasn't i mean i was fucking early 20s 21 22 what are you supposed to do like i was an idiot i made a lot of mistakes and you know, I was dealing with a lady at the time um, that we weren't very clear on whether or not we were exclusive, but we were behaving like we were. And, <clears throat> like, I just remember it was, I, I busted my ass sometimes. Like, going from, you know, setting up a, a DJ set for, like, multiple parties and then having to bring your gear to these events and then having to uh, set up your shit or, like, if you had, like... You figure out where what where you need to bring your gear for which event and maybe set up earlier. I had a after party at his and I had a pre party on campus that I was getting paid for. Um with the um who was who was the show at the time? Um Far East Movement. Popping bottles in the ice like a blizzard. So on campus they provide the equipment so I didn't have to bring anything. You know, and then after party I have to bring stuff. So I had to pack all my gear into the car before the show that happens earlier and I have to be at that sound check before that show so I basically have to be ready for the for the late night show before the early night show and that's not like if you're doing this by yourself it's fucking annoying you have like one or two homies that are riding with you they usually just get in and go where you're going and they hop in the car <coughs> but you know it's exhausting it's taxing and I you know you always want to do a good job so I was doing this on-campus gig, and I just remember I, I got paid for the I got paid. You get paid for the on-campus stuff because through the college activities board, they make sure you get the guapo because people are paying for money for those tickets. Um, but to even get that gig is, is dope. So I got that gig, and I just remember this would be an example of one night. So I would go, I would DJ this. I, would, oh, I opened up for Fari's movement. Um, the volume, for example, I remember that night wasn't very loud for my set. And I was like on the mic being like, turn it up, say, turn it up, say, turn it up, say, turn it up, turn it up. And, and I was like, I was ripping it. Though. I was doing a great job. If you ever look at photos from there's no footage because Instagram didn't exist. And nobody had their phones out. There was no phones out. Um, <laughs> I wish there were, but, you know, the technology just wasn't even up to snuff. So this show I just felt like they I wasn't getting as dumb, as much punch as I wanted to out of my drops and it was to the point where I can hear the audience almost and I was just like not bummed out I was pretty bummed at the time but I fucking ripped the show I did my job and then I just remember the show ending and I'm getting off a stage or my set ending and I'm getting off a stage and I step down and they told me to leave my gear there because you know, they do the, the changeover themselves. But the moment I got off stage, I hear this rumble. The whole room shakes. And I'm like, what the fuck? And the lights go down low. And then I hear fucking the intro to DMX's Y'all Gonna Make Me Lose My Mind. And the intro's like, and, I, and that song came on. And I was like, wait, DMX isn't here. Is this the Far East movement? And I look, I like walk around, I, I get backstage and I walk around to the side of the stage to look up on stage and fucking four, three, four dudes, one dude with a guitar, come on stage, a fifth dude comes, a big black dude, but I think the black dude is carrying the guitar. Like another dude, a white dude goes to where some like, I think they're drums. I don't know. Yo, Far East Movement had like 12 people in it, man. And I just remember thinking, what the fuck is going on? And they were just playing other people's songs. Like the first 10, 20 minutes of their set was other people's music. 
And I just remember thinking, what the fuck? What are they doing? Like, I didn't know they had their one hit song, but not to say that's my fault or not, but like, that's confusing. Because they had fans and a following and shit, so I'm like, oh man, whatever. I was a little disappointed too, because that rumbling was them turning the volume up for the headliner. You know, they turned the opener down so that comparatively the headliner sounds louder. And maybe if the opener was like ripping it bigger or as big, you know, it would be a problem if the headliner was ripping it bigger. I don't know. Maybe. Who the fuck knows? Got paid. Went to go do my, my, my second show. And the second show was at Homie's house. And Homie had people coming in and out, you know, and, and you're in an apartment. So I'm like doing the thing. I had and literally got my gear on the same table as my amplifier. Like I had the shit. So my amplifier is kind of big. So somebody comes over. Oh, f- fucking also not to mention, eventually the Far East movement came to the fucking party. And everybody was into them. And I was like so already tight about that. So I remember I went up to one of the dudes in the Far East movement. Because <laughs> it was like, yo, there's like three Asian dudes standing in a room. And everybody's crowded around them. And, and, and they have sunglasses on like inside the, the, uh, the apartment. And it was midnight, 2 a.m. <laughs> or midnight or whatever. Whatever, it's dark. And fucking, I went up to one of them because he had some like girl like on his shoulder talking to his ear. I went up to his other ear. I was like, yo, what's it like going from city to city just having the randomest bitches talk in your ear and talk to you or some shit? And I like, he, and then he looked at me like this. And I was like, oh, God, all right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. I was like, fucking, I'll go back over there and do my DJ job. And while I'm DJing, you know, you got a bro comes over and he's like, yo, yo, Naeem, blah, blah, blah. I love you, man. Fucking love those guys. Love you guys. You guys are my favorite. Mm. Yo, blah, blah, blah. Let's do a shot. I'm like, well, you know, I'm playing. I don't know. I'm a nice guy. I'm like, all right, let's do the shot. This motherfucker puts up a fucking shot thing on top of my amplifier. And I didn't see. I didn't look. I'm DJing. I'm busy. And he starts pouring the shot. And when I look over, he starts to miss, and he just pours it like alcohol all over my amplifier. I'm like, yo. I stopped the music. I didn't stop it. I'm not like, yo, man. But, fuck, I was pissed. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I cursed him out. Everybody heard it and saw it. I like to cut through my party sometimes with that, with my emotion. And they brought him out. They dragged him out. He apologized. They dragged him out. And I I cleaned my shit off. We made sure it it was fucking handled. And I was just angry because... I was at I was at risk. I put myself in that victimized situation. I was at like I was vulnerable emotionally and situation. I wasn't thinking clearly um, and I could have knocked that kid out. But eventually they brought him back and they were like, yo, no, don't talk. I love it at that point because then they were like, yo, yo, don't talk tonight, especially when you're, you're the only black kid. All the other white kids are like, oh, fuck, he's mad now. So they're like, oh, yo, yo, yo don't talk tonight. And whatever. He's like, please. It was like and they were like, yo, that dude wants to talk to you. And I'm like, Pfft. He may speak. <laughs> so, I like, you know, he comes over and um, he apologizes. And I don't fucking, like, I I didn't care. He, it was, he was drunk and it was thoughtless and he apologized. And I was like, word, dude, it's just the other thing. He got, he got it. And he wasn't going to pay for it. That's the thing. If you break my shit, you're not going to pay for this. It's all like a fucking game and party to you. And this is what we're talking about. So, be that as it may, the night goes on. I'm fucking exhausted i've been going since fucking who knows six in in in, in, you're already at like not even six though you're going from like the day before or the week before because you have this show coming up like every everything is based around the show so you're like preparing and, and after that set after that night i was like exhausted and the lady i was dealing with didn't come out she didn't go to show she didn't go out to go do things she didn't you know it was it was what it was um studious whatever it was i respected that i didn't care whatever um plus it wasn't like she was my girl right or something is that how it goes and i just remember being at dude's house and she would be hitting me up and or whatever it is still girls do that though they hit you up when or they, when they want you they text you and they need you or whatever it is and you know when ladies hit you up dudes aren't always like oh god but sometimes it maybe it's not a guy girl thing but it's just sometimes you don't want to you're like exhausted and you don't want to deal with anything and, and, and in college a partner sometimes is that especially if you're a bro or a dude you just want to kick it with the homies and 
and you think you're mature for that and i don't know if you are you just you're just a person but you think your girl doesn't get it or whatever and i just remember there were times where like shorty would go to the event at the beginning while i'm setting up and say deuces and then homie would be like yo who's that and i'd be like uh none of your business or like i'd be like I would say doesn't matter. Like I would say like the thing that you say when it's like, don't worry about it. I'd be like none of your business. Or I'd be like doesn't matter. Or don't want. I would say I don't remember specifically, but I remember being like, not your concern or something. I don't know. And man, to keep a super long story short, after being exhausted from these shows, I would just want to kick it on homie's couch and not go back to my lady and not go back and, and deal with my relationship I was I was just tired and like I don't know what else was attached to me not wanting to go back to my relationship but sitting on the couch smoking with a bunch of dudes listening to my beats just seemed a bit more fun at the time in the moment and I figured if I didn't do that I wouldn't be catering to my fans like I should be and it's just the typical dick move and 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 you do it and then you know like maybe she'll call or maybe she'll text and you're like oh god you know women and you you're with your homies and they're not saying nothing and they're like they're because they're just chilling you know um but yo i just found out eventually that he was in contact with homegirl for a minute and they were in touch and they no one ever told me that they were in touch or friends and I just remember towards like the last few months or like the, the, towards the end of my career um, in that in this in my college city in Rochester, it just it deteriorated my relationship because of like, not the surprise. It was almost like they snuck that in because for some reason of my behavior, like like or whatever it was that I was doing seemed to warrant like my homie, like somebody who's an admirer to want to like, want to be a part of my life so much that they want to like, you know, scam on your squirrel or something. So, you know, at that point, like I had, you know, you have ups and downs and I had a super down and I had a three year drought after that. The only time I did anything and, and not to say that that's a big deal but since I had broken my seal since I had like lost my virginity not to say I was just like I was a regular player in the game I don't mean like a pimp or player I just mean like I just you know I I figured well I was a DJ but you know you just you, you figure it out and and I didn't I didn't have any trouble there wasn't too long of a drought and that relationship broke me because it was a lot of things that you thought were true that weren't a lot of things that you thought were one thing that wasn't you it kind of throws your shit off i did confront dude via text of course <laughs> just to check this i had to make sure i was like is that is it is it is what it is you know he's like yeah man you know i'm really you know fond of so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and i'm like man you didn't even say anything to me like the amount of time that we were hanging out it was like that's crazy, son. Um, and I always thought that my relationship would be would take me away from my career, and I always thought my career would take me away from my relationship, like in life. And it's very easy to see how work can take you away from relationships. So I knew I was a musician because after that, I still just did music. I didn't stop doing music. I didn't think that it was, you know, I just like, it took me months, if not years, to recover. Like, you, you, uh, you bounce back in a musician type of way. And I don't mean making a, a diss track. And those kind of things, like, I've seen, like, I've seen that. Like, and I can get more into it and I don't want to for sake of, of moving this along. I've seen, even in just keeping it in artist world, like, I've seen artists break apart. Like... And, and I've seen the ups and downs of, of things, of groups. I've seen groups come and go. Like, and, and they're just experiences. I played South by Southwest. And I, ha and I was managing a, a group of rappers once. 
and that was just like you know you, you I've se- I saw them break apart I saw a group collapse and I made decisions that I wasn't proud of well not to say I wasn't proud of it there was nothing else I can do but I've been there and like I brought up the I brought up the South by Southwest story realizing realizing it's a lot bigger bigger of a story than than for this moment but the point I'm trying to make is on this journey it hasn't always been exactly unfolding how you want it to no matter what you want your end result to be and I've always wanted my end result to be or one of my end results to be playing EDC or a big festival or you know like that festival circuit life I wanted to tour I want and I wanted to be on shows and stuff like that and that's like it takes a certain level of a lot of things together to get that and this podcast is helping that and I always say that but your support helps me so even if you're not like a top supporter and you're showing your biggest love, just a li- that's funny. Just a little support goes a long way when there's a bunch of you because then it helps me put my mind towards bigger things like creating more opportunities for young artists or making better music or bringing better philosophy to the table. My cult is about sanity, finding sanity in an insane world. That's all it is. And sanity isn't the same for everybody. Everybody has a diff- different definition. And that's fine. You just have to realize I'm I'm doing this partially for myself, but I'm I kind of including you with it. This is all I can do. I'm being me. So when I don't have when it just feels like people are, are watching, it takes away from the juice of what I'm doing because I can do anything. You're, you're just watching until I jump off a cliff, until I kill myself, or until I, I'm like doing something just so, so, so you know, to, to kind of bring it around full circle. This episode is basically holding your next two episodes hostage because they're really dope and they're really fun and they're, they're holding pretty much everything hostage. I, I cannot move forward if I know that there's no one supporting like that and I don't like comments are cool and and engagement is great and that's what I need is the juice I need some people or at least one person in the patreon here's 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 why the first person starts the cycle of of the snowball the snowball it's not a cycle it's a snowball it takes the, 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 the leader is a fucking leader. We can have a bunch of leaders all day and leaders will argue with each other and all this shit. The real leaders in this world are the first followers. And I don't mean the first 10. I mean like the first one, two, three. Because by the time you get to 10, it's starting to trend. And that's what we want, the trending. But it takes the first one to say, yo, to be honest, I rep that. And you support with your dollar. $5 a month to my cause. I guarantee you that will change the tone. And I don't mean like, oh man, let's get more serious. But yo, you'll see it more, you'll see it weekly. I will have, you'll, you'll be able to see me actually, ch- what I'm actually choking on. It gives me so much purpose. You'll see the hard with the, with the good. It's not that I can like, I, I can do this whenever I want. But I don't want to. I want to do it all the time. And I can do it all the time, too. I just am not going to do it all the time if there's no if there's nobody, if there's no cult. Like if it's just like a side piece to you, which is I expect in your life this is to be a side piece. But if you believe that there's something wrong and you believe that there's something not right with every day, but you're not sad and you're very grateful, this is the place. It's the it's the place of mental fortitude. I spoke to a homie about this and it inspired me to do this episode because it takes a lot to be mentally stable or whatever. And this is not like a mental health kind of episode, like discussion thing, like medically speaking. It's just spiritually speaking. You need space to just be you. And I'm offering space where I'm just being me so that maybe there's something about you that you think is un. un ill or uneasy or sick or whatever and I'm just letting you know it's not there are people out there that are trying to make things that are sickly look unsickly and vice versa like you know I used to order for example um, pizza pies from Domino's 
and I used to eat the whole pie. Like if it was me in a, in a house, I eat the whole pie, even if it's a small one. And you're not supposed to do that. You don't even eat whole pies that are like cherry pies, because that for you seems like a fucking dessert. But pizza is shit. Pizza is fucking cow teat milk fermented and plastered and blasted with homogenized bullshit and fucking pasture. Like, there's so much bullshit in, like, animal products that when you get it, you got to feel in your head because of the culture. You got to do it all in, right? And then you fuck yourself up even more. Like, I had a good friend I went to the movies with once recently, and they asked him to... Well, after I explained, like, all my feelings with shit, they asked him to supersize his popcorn bowl. And I was like, I just told this person like butter from milk, milk butter is just abusive to who it came from. Cause you didn't have to, you'd have, you didn't have anything to do with that seeking of the milk from who it came from, the, the cow or the animal. And I'm not saying you need to drink human milk. I'm just saying if you're not part of the seeking of where it came from, then you have to think about what that seeking required. If it required abuse, then you have your it's abuse it's abuse bowl with butter abuse butter. Yes, it's also abuse butter, but it's also bad for your heart butter. It's not like it's fucking oh well it's healthy. So it's abuse butter is bad for your heart. And what else about butter? You know a bunch of things about butter. And does they convince him to supersize this the bowl after this person knew I wasn't going to eat any of this of this popcorn butter of this bowl and they were like they debated this this one man was like uh and and the people selling it what the fuck do they give a shit they were obese and i'm not saying obese is bad but like they ate popcorn obviously oh it's so good and so they were like you have to and he was like yeah you got to do a super size and he got he got the jumbo size and he ate the whole thing or like 90% of it during the movie. And then got mad when I was like, yo, you're fucking arteries. And I didn't say it like that. I, I, I was just like, I think I said that naturally in response to something they said about the butter. Oh, the, um, he was like, oh, man, the, the butter in your mouth, it just it just coats your whole mouth with like a film, like that thick film. It's like coating my whole mouth. And I'm like, yo, imagine you're arteries and he got mad he was like oh why are you taking this shit away from me you know you know you know we're chilling we've got the movie we got this shit why why would you do that and ruin my moment and it's like this is where we're where we are the culture has got people thinking certain things are certain things and that's okay it's it's i mean it's okay because People are grown-ups. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Like, the problem is that people are doing that because they think their life sucks so much that they need to rectify it with a bowl of ice cream or a bowl of popcorn or fucking pizza. And that and dude ate two slices of pizza right after that. So you feel like you need to like do this to like rectify that and and i've heard it like oh well uh if you cut someone off that's a form of abuse and you know if some if you let people cut you off all day you'll never go anywhere and so you have to sometimes cut people off to get where you're going and blah 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 basically the equivalent of of taking advantage of chickens is because people get cut off it's like up you should have gotten stronger or maybe they should, would have been stronger and that kind of thing. Like we're not animals that go outside and catch other animals and eat them and get blood all over our face and, and go like, it. no, we cook the shit. Just the fact alone that we cook fucking meat shows that we're like, that shit is that you have to do something to it. We don't even eat cooked meat that doesn't have seasoning on it. Like, you can't just pick up a fucking squirrel and go, oh, mm, what a good squirrel, <laughs> you know? Or you, and, and, like, the only time you see people cooking raw meat, like, over fire, is, like, in the desert. In the, in, and then even then, if you went to the desert, I fucking guarantee fucking to you, you'll be fucking more likely to eat berries. If I packed, picked a bowl of berries and, and there was a squirrel, like, that's, like, dying, I guarantee you. 
you'll fucking want berries. But that's, that's neither here nor there. All I'm saying is you have to be honest with that part of yourself. And I'm here to offer you that honesty. And I'm always afraid. My biggest fear was that I would say some shit and then I would lose attention. I would lose followers. I would lose, you know, that kind of thing. And to be honest, I'm going to lose people either way. I'm going to lose people if I'm a bitch. I'm going to lose people if I'm a fucking too masculine. I'm going to lose people if I'm too ninja because that's, you know, like one of my best friends saw me do a post where I was talking like this when I was making beats. I make swagger beats, you know, the swagger beats that has fuego. It's the fuego swagger. It makes the very good. The, my dude was like racist. That's a racist. That's racist. And it's like, it's like, it's like you making a Lego thing and then someone going, ah, you know, like it's like, it's like my father telling me to like, look up the definition of, of, of making of music. It's just, a, it's just, a, it's not helping anybody. Your two cents is not helping anybody. And so in this arena, I am facing my fear of dealing with that kind of like critique. And you're along for the adventure and for the ride. And I appreciate that because it's really for you. So I know not everybody can afford it, but this is my declaration and testament of the perfect ninja community if you want to be a part of the perfect ninja community and when i say perfect ninja i mean perfect for never like this perfect podcast is perfect for never this is a perfect podcast for never and because you're never going to be perfect and nothing's ever going to be exactly what it is and you need to be honest with that and that is where you start to build the skin and the fortitude that you need like mentally um so donate this is this is the this is the cult episode if you want to be a part of the cult don't miss out the doors will close that's the thing the doors will close eventually eventually we won't we won't know uh unless we scale how to deal with the amount of people in the cult so we'll have to turn people away i'm hoping i'm hoping that the dojo sanctuary can't host the whole world because the feds might come after me if too many people join so we need to keep it under a certain limit so be the first set the example be one of the first and and then we talk about whether or not you want your name to be put because ninjas can be anonymous too and i'm just offering that sanity and that peace man if if you donate i will go weekly if you if if someone goes on the patreon and donates i will make this podcast weekly I am dreading editing this and all the other ones that I've done. And that's just what it is. I, I'm not that person. And I know that I have to be in order to get to where I'm trying to go. I don't have to be, but I know that no one else is going to do it. And that is talk about certain shit. And that is podcast about certain shit while they're being an artist and a musician. And that's also just being a voice for certain shit. There's not much representation in, in the form of this in certain arenas. And I'm here to like do that. Whether it be shitting on gatekeepers in the hip hop community for being gatekeepers, whether it be shitting on uh, white dudes that are all about hippie and peace and love but drop end bombs everywhere, or it be shitting on, I don't know, fucking i don't like shitting on politicians because those dudes can actually murder you but shit maybe shitting on a politician doesn't matter who it is but if we gotta shit on them we gotta shit on them so that we know not to be shitty in the future that's we gotta gotta watch out for the shittiness it's too much shittiness in the world so the episodes after this coming up that you can look forward to are the donnie yen versus tony ja episode which is going to be really exciting I have this a lot. It's just a lot to edit. Also, the episode where I'm interviewing Moran Megastab, my photographer homie that did the uh, Nipsey Hussle photo and his experience with how that's been growing. So, yes, no, maybe so. I'll tell you more stories another time. Maybe, no, we don't have time for another story. This We've already gone past our limit. I love you. Peace. Uh, I hope that this wasn't too whiny and mopey um and we and we'll get through it click on the links explore around 
donate, join the Patreon, be part of the Perfect Ninjas forever. Also, we're doing Twitch very soon. Um, I'm going to be making beats live on there and doing video games. I got to figure out a good way to do video games on my Twitch. Um, Cause I can't do, I can't do, I could, but I'm not going to do video games on my, on my PC, on my, on my Mac, because it's just, it takes up too much space. That's an art PC, but we'll figure it out. We will figure it out. All right, man. That's it. Uh, fucking namaste, namaste. Uh, mama say mama kusa. Catch you on the flip side. Brooklyn. Yeah, boy. <laughs>